I don't have as much heat with this movie as the internet does. Now, I do recognize that it is the Corey Cunningham story, and then they had a short at the end of the movie in Act 3 that basically became the main event that everybody was trying to see, which was Michael Myers versus Laurie. So I feel like they didn't. this felt like it wasn't mapped out, and they didn't have a way to space out the story of Laurie versus Michael over three films. So then they put this really good story in front of three that had nothing to do with the movie at all. And Mario, you threw out the warning, the, the spoiler-free warning before I went and saw it, and you said that the the main character in here is not in the trailer at all. See, that was when you said what was my initial <laughs> thought. My initial thought was I got swerved here. Now, I, I don't necessarily dislike the movie. I think it's fine. I kind of want to see it again so I can watch it fresh. But initially, I'm just like, oh, I got swerved here. This is not... The movie you you sold me. How much of the like original storyline plot does it really keep? You know? Like I, it just it just feels crammed in there at the end. That's what it's like. It feels like they wrote the Corey Cunningham Halloween movie, and then Jason Blum or somebody at in the studio said you need to add more Michael Myers at the end. You can't just have him get beat up in a cave. You need the final showdown. Yeah, it's like well we don't want to do that. That's the whole point. Halloween ends. He's already we're just getting rid. But I just felt it, that that felt jammed in there, and that's why I think it feels like a short, you know? Yeah. Like Martin Short? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you asked earlier when I quit watching, that's when I quit watching, was the, the whole Jason vs. Freddy and, and, and all that Michael Tex New York or whatever it was, and I was like, ah, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> There's, like, too many of these. It's like Lethal Weapons. As I think about the movie, I kind of want to watch it more, and again, I'm telling you, when you I go think back the internet's and- pretty divided. I don't think they necessarily hate it. My and I told Mike and I told you this as well. I enjoyed it more in the theater. I think I would have had an, a more negative reaction if I would have watched it at home first. Mm. I was in the dark theater. The theater was kind of empty. You know, smell like buttered popcorn on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What we just drank. Carpenter's music was playing perfectly. Like that, it set, it set the vibe, and I think that helped it a lot. And I think look, nostalgia helped carry this through. I wanted to like this which made me like it more than I probably would have if I didn't want to like it, if that makes any sense. It's kind of like... Mm. <laughs> Is there lavender? There's lavender. I'm getting lavender. Is hold, it on. La- hold on. Mm-hmm. And there's hints of I? asparagus. <laughs> asparagus. Some grapefruit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was just tough, right? Like, I, I, I think that there were things... So, first of all, looking at this as a trilogy first movie in the trilogy super hyped everybody was pumped Lori strode is back she's hardened oh my god what a fucking approach to take second one everyone's like okay now we're gonna now we're gonna go on michael's gonna survive you know and and then you get to the third act in that in that second one i mean first of all like evil dies tonight becomes this like memeable thing oh, that man. they're saying over and over and over again and people are jumping off of the second floor of buildings and like exploding on the concrete below. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's bad, but it's kind of bad in a good, good enough. Yes. Way. I agree. Uh, I think it, yeah, I, but I didn't have a whole lot of, I didn't have a whole lot of heat with, with Halloween kills. I, I enjoyed it. That's yeah. the one where Jamie Lee is already grandma and right. No, she's so this way. Well, the first one was she was all kind of weaponized. This was when she went into it was a year later, right? 
and then yeah. uh, had him locked in the uh, basement, and then you uh, see that's, that's you see him escape. The Halloween Kills was the night, yeah. the same night. Yeah. Oh, it was the same night. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. Because yeah, he yeah. escaped from the uh, the firehouse. Yeah. That's where it starts. He, yeah. Okay. Which it was yeah. a great scene. That was a great scene. That him escaping the firehouse ooh, ooh. and slaying yeah. the the fire department. That was unreal. Like that really did set the tone. And I feel like well, angry Anthony Michael Hall added to this like <laughs> like this more gritty horror effect, right? Of just like, oh wait, that's you know Anthony Michael Hall, but he looks heavier and he looks meaner, and he's talking about evil dies tonight. I feel like that added to that, like made that movie more likable. Actually, I, I think, Anthony Michael Hall. I think uh, this like these movies are gonna have they're gonna be open to interpretation for a long time because. Um, this like David Gordon Green is a good filmmaker, you know what I mean. His movies, he makes really good movies, and I think these movies were affected by focus groups and you know studio mm-hmm. folks that said change this, change that, make it less of a make it make it more of a guaranteed something people will be interested in, other than trying to do any ideas. You know, I just think he got because I think the first one was just the first one was a great straight up continuation right. of Halloween. It worked, but then it's like where do you go from there? You know, yeah. someone brought up a th- someone brought up this theory that the movies are in the wrong order. He's like Halloween one should have been Halloween ends, and then you build to Halloween one. Oh, okay. Well, but I think I think that's part of it, right? Is that like the first movie is inspired? That was a vision that like they they had in their head for years and years before it actually found its way to screen. Found its way to screen masterpiece everybody loved it hell yeah that's the approach to take that's where we go with this this is this is something to do and i i really have i really struggle to like look at this trilogy as anything other than the trilogy because the first movie feels like a trilogy (laughs) in and of itself in a single movie second movie comes in at the end like at the non-studio interference end uh I, I I feel like Michael Myers dies in the second movie, huh. and then the studio interferes, and he has to come back and show up in the window, and it's like, oh, Michael Myers survived. He kills this person in the final stinger. Hell yeah. Okay, let's remove that. Let's say Michael Myers dies in the second movie. This movie makes so much more sense without that final stinger, and then I think it also makes a lot more sense without the third act stinger that they really shoved in because the Lori Michael show off was supposed to be happening. In the first movie, you can see the bones of what they were going for in there. You can see like, you know, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride had some kind of vision where they wanted Michael Myers to die in the first one and then continue the two sequels without him rather than just being, oh, he's still alive. You know, uh, like they had some kind of long term plan where it was going to be the idea of Michael Myers after he's dead. Or maybe it's like he still gets that fire scene in the fir- in the second movie. So he, you think he's dead in, in the first movie. We get to first act of movie two. Michael Myers is alive. Oh shit! Michael Myers dies immediately, and then you're cut. And like you know, Laurie's in the hospital. There's so much potential overlap with all of these other characters. If if Corey. If that thing with Corey is happening at the same time that Laurie Strode is in the back of that truck asking the firefighters not to go there and the firefighters happen to get an axe into Michael Myers' head and 
Uh, the real horror of the second movie is that Corey is there uh, because the kid is there and the family's there and evil dies tonight. All that stuff still happens, but Corey's watching it. He's building a relationship with Lori's younger dot with the, with the daughter. So all of that like relationship building happens in the hospital in the second one. And it doesn't feel like this like romance speed run in that's the third perfect. movie that it that's ends perfect. Up being, that's exactly right? that's right on the money. Yes, yeah. That was that's the thing is that we don't know Corey till the third movie, and they didn't even put him in the trailer, so we fucked have up, no idea man. who it is. We up. have no idea yeah. who he even is when the movie starts, and you're like, just buy in, just go, just go with it. If they had just put him in a scene in Halloween Kills, uh, or yeah, Halloween Kills, it would have perfectly just planted a seed. It felt like. The same feelings that you got when you're watching uh, Star, the Disney Star Wars trilogy, that it would they were playing just like except it doesn't make sense because David Gordon Green and, uh, and you know uh, McBride were there the entire time, right? So there was there was really no excuse for like all of a sudden shoehorning somebody in at the end unless it is just was a bad studio note. I'm the writer. Yeah. Just like, no, the, we had the focus group. Because if you just yeah. take yeah. the Corey Cunningham story by itself, direct to streaming, and, you know, the Scarecrow Killer, and you see all this, and it's just like a, a cousin spinoff movie, and you never have the Halloween, do we like that movie? With the jump factor, too, right? I was mentioning that earlier about, like, oh, a lot of movies are, like, slamming that on you. It's like, I'm going to make you jump every they had 60 to, yeah. seconds, every 160 seconds, whatever it's going to be. So There's actually a great algorithm. documentary on, actually, on the pre-show of Alamo Drafthouse for Barbarian. It actually goes into the history of jump scares, and it had per capita every 10 years how... M- Many films are adding jump scares in there, including movies that aren't horror films. Don't even need to. Yeah, yeah. that are that are yeah. in there. But, yeah. but just thinking, you know, even just that aside, I enjoyed the Corey Cunningham story. I like Corey Cunningham as a character. I I liked that he actually moved like a scarecrow. Like when he went to kill her, and he was outside, and his arms were flailing. He tried to get it in there, and his hand got caught, and he was like, "Whoa!" And it felt like you were watching like the Evil Wizard of Oz. I'm like, this guy's yeah, selling me as he's selling me as the scarecrow killer. But again, just like you're giving me tuna fish, which is fine, but I came here for peanut butter and jelly, so my brain. <laughs> That's was what really I'm saying. Confused. That's the part that really affected the movie is that they they felt like they had to trick us into watching it. When they could have just introduced it earlier or just anything. To, it, it was this written at the last minute? It couldn't have been, right? Surely children, they had this. Children of the Corn 2. So, so I, I, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I think that there's something that happens in the, in the second movie in the series where the major kill sequence involves and includes oh i'm so tiny <laughs> oh it's in your bandwidth um, don't say that on the internet there, there we go. <laughs> um so in the second movie the major kill sequence has the the season of the witch masks involved in the kill sequence and i think that that is the thing that really at the heart of it as halloween lovers Danny McBride, you know, they were they were trying to bring that in here, the season of the witch, setting that up, retconning in a way that makes that movie make a lot more sense, I think is a really wonderful payoff for this trilogy that starts super, super gritty. And I feel like that's the trajectory of the narrative they're trying to say. What if movies 
you know, what if from Halloween one, the season of the witch, that's, that's kind of the pace of the new trilogy that we take three movies to get to every major narrative step. Mm. And so you have the big kill sequence that has the season of the witch masks called back a lot of, you know, people coming back from that period of time. And then you lead into it by setting the seeds, not to mention that like the, the Loomis stand in, in movie one has a moment where he puts on the Michael Myers mask and oh, yeah. the deep oh, deeps yeah. are playing. Is that the kid? The little right? kid for the his doctor. His doctor. Oh, yeah. His doctor right. kills right. someone right at the car. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And so I feel like there's bones of this story that are really setting up for Michael Myers being multiplicative, like being a multiplication. Just by existing, he's showing people that it's okay to be Michael Myers. And that's making a lot more Michael Myers. And I think that's a super modern take on the franchise. And if you strip away all of this studio bullshit, the main story that they're telling, everyone fucking dies. Everyone has an impact bigger than you expect based on what people communicate to you when you're with them in real life. And that's something that really sings to me in the modern contemporary times that's in the bones of this narrative. And that's why it's just so fucking heartbreaking to look at movie three in this trilogy. It's like I said, David Uh, Gordon Green is a really good filmmaker. I don't like, I don't see him. I don't see him botching this on his own. You know, I think if he had free reign to do what he probably intended to do, it would have been divisive, just as divisive as it is now. But there would have been something that was pure and a pure vision executed. This, this, okay? this feels so studio noted. That's what it's supposed Are to you be. Okay, studio Michael, noted. Can we get you a vitamin water? <laughs> Are you okay, sir? <laughs> oh, dude. I love your set. <laughs> so here's the thing. And, and get, <laughs> you got to mesmerize. Yeah. I, oh, I'm checking out the paint job. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the industry. Yes, that is the industry. I, actually, so funny story about the paint job. I have a local uh, corner store that I go to. I, I went there before this because y'all were doing weird beers, so I thought I'd get a local brew. Oh, yeah. have something myself. But but I had already set up the face paint, and I'm really good friends with the person that works at this gas station. I got out of my car, and I went over to him. I was like, hey, Kim, how's it going? He's like, who is this? <laughs> Who is this? And just like I could see the fear in his eyes. He didn't recognize you? No. Oh, that's awesome. He's got the cigarettes. It's the the moving of the cheese. Like you're so used to seeing something, and then his brain registered one thing, and his eyes registered another. And then you saw the the processor spin. Yes, it was lovely. Oh, it was great. Awesome. It reminded me that, like, you know, no one doesn't recognize me until I put the paint on. That's right. I <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. All right, but I'm going to jump back uh, to, okay, so there's there's an interesting, there's a couple different timelines that happen in this film. In the film series, Halloween, the Michael Myers story, right? You have, you know, the original that went to two, and then you had one that two went to H two O and skipped it. But then you have the other one. Let's go back to that original string that happened after uh, season of the witch. So they started going in a route then, where Michael was part of a cult, and they were adding that there mm-hmm. was a more, there was more to the story of why he was evil. 
and they threw that one away as much as and they that was one of the things I don't think they should have thrown away because that added as much as that added some mysticism to it it added it added some realism to it as well right that there was a little bit of a backstory and I know they went back and forth like no the shape just wants to be evil it doesn't need a backstory it doesn't need allies it doesn't need to be related to Laurie Strode it's just going to be evil you know like kind of like and I'm I mean, I'm not a big fan of that horror, that horror just because it exists in real life, right? So Evil. could they have done that? Like, I like the idea, and it didn't work in Jason Goes to Hell, right? They did try to do this, right, where Jason was hopping from body to body. But the way you're mm-hmm. saying to do it, Mike, I think that would be a more sound way to go because he didn't. He unlocked what was already there in Corey Cunningham. And I like the idea he unlocked what was already there in the doctor to the got the doctors. Like I wanted to see this guy kill in the wild. So he was unlocking what was already there. And I feel like that's more grounded in realism than these studio notes will lead you to believe. Is it one of those movies where you're like yelling at the screen going, yeah, I'm off the cliff. Or like, no, (laughs) no, because again, you're, you're good for spoilers, right? You didn't see it. Half not. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. I mean, I'm so, I will, I I think they, did deliver i think the main event in act three did deliver so they did get the big showdown they had the swerve you know that the the baby face was down she phoned it in i like to report a suicide she puts the gun to her head like she's gonna shoot and then the door opens and she sees the mask and it shows that that's not him yet but you get the big showdown in the house you know you get the mask have the big like well, the mask was wore by Corey Cunningham, that. right? So that was the swerve because he, he decided he wanted to be top dog. The master wanted to, the apprentice wanted to be the master. He went into the sewer where Michael was. He literally ripped his face, face off. He's like, I'm doing this, you okay, know. I'm watching this. And I then he went after, and then he got all the revenge. He used Michael as the excuse to do what he already needed to do. But I, I feel like I'll come back. the ending did deliver. Were you guys okay with the ending? Of uh, basically Michael losing and getting um, chopped up in a meat grinder. So can we can we just hold on the meat grinder thing for one second? Because yes, yes. there's something that you talked about in the so in the lead up to this that that was around the cult and the yes. notion of Michael Myers being a cult leader. And so I don't really think of the shape as a cult leader, right? Like he's not the Charles Manson cult leader, but he's the cult of personality leader in the way that CM Punk dropping the pipe bomb paves the way for people down the line to then drop additional pipe bombs for the MJFs, for the other people. He's paving the way. Michael's paving the way. He was a brutal killer, senseless. So all you got to be is as sensible as Michael Myers. And now you're a story the news is prepared to report on. Right. So like that's, that's the Michael Myers. I still see like, the Stu Mocker potential coming back from prison, surviving the television, having the harem of people writing into him and him actually turning bad because he was the most sympathetic villain in the entire Scream franchise. That's the path where I can see like a cult of, you know, a, a real cult cult happening versus the Michael Myers who really could just beat this whole Joker movie trilogy to the punch by having Michael be a virus. It's closer to the Frighteners than it is to, uh, you know, the, the Jason version of it. 
the one uh, yeah you know out. touch where you have to yeah you have to touch, touch the next person yeah you have to touch them right like mike myers is touching people deep in the soul and he doesn't have to stab him to do it that's the story that they're trying to tell here uh yeah and the and and i think they i thought that was the direction they were going Right, so the first time we see Michael on screen, he grabs Corey by the goozle, you know, Kane style, pulls him in close. They lock eyes, and then now he can see all the pain, all the fear that Corey has, and it had a little bit of a glow to it. And I feel like that was leading to what you were saying to do, right? That he touched yeah. him, he touched, he yeah. he looked into eyes, window to the soul. He saw his soul, and he gave basically gave him. The freedom to release that pain out of his soul. And how, into- how much do we think that those scenes were just added in? I feel like the. I, the- I think I think Corey died when he got thrown off that bridge. Oh, by the bullies, by the band bullies. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that band yeah, bullies think- in twenty twenty two? Yeah. I- yeah band bullies with one outfit yeah outfit, the one guy was even yeah. ass motherfucker yeah he's literally spinning a drumstick and he's like yeah what are you gonna do get that guy it's like, it's like what is going on it's like dooley's like you're gonna go fight with the t-birds later it's like it's not the a tough new version game. of the no, they, they just got yes. done they just got done bullying doug funny down at the honker burger because he stepped on a ketchup packet and it squirted on his shoes <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! No, but check this out. I think that those all that Corey stuff with Michael Myers in the cave is reshoots. Like it just smells of reshoots to me. I, I think agree I agree with that. I, I think, agree with that. Like it's very no bad. Michael Myers in this movie. Exactly. None. And the only time he's yeah. the only time he appears is in this cave with only one other person in the cave. Right? It's easy easy reshoot stuff. So they added in this right. narrative. He wasn't even there when they killed the hobo. Yeah. Uh, wow. they, they added in some kind of narrative to put more Michael Myers on the movie. I think that they were David Gordon Green, Danny McBride were going all in on the Corey Cunningham story. That's probably always their intention, but Universal said no. Put Michael Myers in the movie. So, so what you're saying is you you and that makes sense with the notes. But what you're saying is we never would have saw Michael Myers in three. So when he disappeared in two. They technically killed him on the streets, but then they said he didn't die in the streets, and then he disappeared to never be seen again. Huh? And that's nope. how the virus spreads. <laughs> no, I think that's like bringing think, Jason's mom back. No, but like, <laughs> I think that they, Mike is right. They probably fully intended to kill him in the first one, and then go on with the other two movies without him. Like, I think that it, the ideas are yep. there. You've got, you've got him. He dies in the first one, but the night continues because I don't. What happened? Like, you, it's easily. They could fix that really easy and could still have Halloween kills happen. They killed him in every movie. Yeah. They killed him in every movie. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, I think that, like I said, I, I just, I have faith in David Gordon Green. Like they he, did it he, to Freddy too. Like, sorry. The yeah. Whole, but the like, whole touch thing. And then Freddy would jump to whoever that yeah. he wanted. But I think they were trying to do like a realistic take on Michael Myers, at least. But somehow they, that all got screwed, you know? And I think... If they just let David Gord Green make his Michael Myers trilogy, I think we would have had something way more special. Instead, we've got like kind of compromised movies. How did we go full circle in this trilogy that we're sitting? What year is it when we have a Halloween 2 and there's going to be a Halloween 3, but there's going to be no Michael Myers in Halloween 3? Which one are we talking about? <laughs> right? In Season of the Witch, the 
the director one, and now this time it sounds like the studio. No, no, we tried that before, and it didn't work. We need Michael Myers. They wanted Michael Myers back, and we're getting Michael Myers. Follow the money. I could see a version where, like, maybe Corey finds Michael Myers' mask or his dead body or something like that, somehow gets his hands on the mask, and then it goes from there, and he becomes the next Michael Myers. But I don't think there was I just, the addition of finding him in the cave, and they have this whole buddy-buddy it was like RRR, like somebody like the somebody saw RRR and the day before, the day after they wrote these uh, reshoots to, <laughs> to Michael Myers. Right. It's like well, it's make them buddies and they fight together, they murder together. It definitely had an old Batman, young Batman training vibe to it as yeah. well. There was a, there was a lot of in there, but that would have been cool. That would have been cool if he found his body and you just saw it and you just saw the mask getting picked up, and yeah. you would have had no yeah. way of knowing if. That was Michael Myers that died, or how Michael Myers died. And that could have been how the evil, you can't, like the ending says, it's like evil never dies, it just changes shape. It would have actually fed right into their ending logline. Him going into the meat grinder at the end, him going into the meat grinder at the end to me is David Gordon Green (laughs) saying, I said, kill him. (laughs) We wanted to kill him early. Killing you him for real. Keep your money. I'm not writing. <laughs> Get it? That was the whole idea. Shit, we're out of here. Well, that's there's there's, there's no something else that's going on here too, um, because the 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 trilogy opens on the mask. The mask is the thing that makes the person that is Michael Myers Michael Myers again. Because the psychiatrists come to the crazy bin. They bring the mask, they hold it up. That's how the trilogy starts. This is probably meant to be a trilogy of the mask and how the mask is Michael Myers. Because in the first movie, that movie's sick, but Michael Myers is like a bumbling, you know... Yeah, he's uh, old. Uh, uh, Speechless. You know. He's he's so good. He's, he's always speechless. looking yeah. confused and like, yeah. what's going on now? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, <laughs> and then he finds, yeah, I mean... But the mask, he gets the mask, and then he sees the knife, and he's like, "Oh, I, I remember." Did yeah? Did he feel like? Did you? Did you feel like he was hulking up a little bit? Did it feel like eighty-eight Hogan when Corey held you know the bad cop to him and he stabbed him, and then all of a sudden he went like he started bowing up. It's like, oh, the Hulkster knows what he's got to do. I feel like he started bowing up, and I was just like, I was like, man, they sold that really much. That oh, the killing is making him stronger, which again then got me thinking. Okay, they are going to go a little bit into mysticism. Yeah, can't you picture Danny McBride writing that scene? Yeah, (laughs) you just start hulking up like you start hulking up like yeah, yeah, just pump up, just getting your Michael Myers power back. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think it's, I, I think that that yeah, man, like I said. David Gordon, have you seen? Have you ever seen Joe? Have you guys seen Joe? One of my favorite movies of all time. He's a great filmmaker. I don't think he would botch these movies. He probably had a solid plan. They got compromised, and it sucks because of that. I think they're sol- I think they're still good, and I think they're going to get better over time. But uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. The movies themselves, but it's not going to go away. Good. You don't think it's going to? Yeah. Oh no, it's done. All right, I think it's done. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't think they. If they try to revisit this franchise, it'll be something completely different. But I don't. Think here you go. I have a. Here's a. I got a. I got a spot for us. If anybody wants to play this, All right. book in the next Halloween reboot. How would you book the next Halloween reboot? I have one. You got one. I'll have one. So I'll start. Okay. Start us off, man. Start okay. us off. They do. Here's my my reboot for Halloween. Uh, Michael Myers becomes a TikTok trend. <laughs> And people start wearing the mask and doing crazy shit and killing people. 
And so people everywhere are getting stalked by Michael Myers as TikTok pranks. That would be solid. Yeah, I would totally. That's, like that, except that's he's believed. actually killing them? No, it's everybody else doing the TikTok prank as Michael Myers. Oh, snap. It's, it's, so you're leaning into Michael Myers is not only the virus, he's literally a digital virus. Like, yeah, like I'm doing a spinoff of what they did in Halloween Ends, but pushing it onto TikTok. Oh, they tried this in Superman 3. And it, it didn't, it didn't. <laughs> with tar i think i think a social i think leaning into no, the social media so <laughs> uh, i get it i get it <laughs> i think it would work i think the tiktok uh, as a tiktok trend would work i think more people would relate to it uh my my twist on this is mike we already talked about this i would release i would go back to the original idea that john carpenter had and this was going to be one story, and every Halloween there was going to be a different story. But the difference is, and then you find the best of both worlds, I say lean into the mask. Like, kind of like, there was a, what was the, there was a movie that was called The Gun, right? And it just followed the gun around. I like the idea of every Halloween somehow this mask pops up. And I know it sounds a little bit too Jim carrey you know, the mask, when you put it on, you're not going to turn green. But I think a version of that, so you get the best of both worlds, right? There's people imitating Michael Myers, but it's the mask. That's or it's doing. like Tales from the Dark Side. Tales like, from the, those yeah, are Tales like from always the Dark different. Side. Like, that was always different. But it the mask spooky. is there. Yeah. But like, it, the mask is what it inter, the interweaves them. Let's fire my friends, kitties. <laughs> I used to have late on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would probably. So we've already had a re-envisioning of Halloween that is like hyper grotesque. The Rob Zombie movies of Halloween kind of lean into that piece. So, yeah. so that's already done. Uh, we have this this trilogy, which feels like a studio compromised original vision. So if if I were to and. We also have basically like the Logan arc of Laurie Strode. That's what this trilogy really does, no matter what. This should be the end of that character. So if I'm going to go in, I'm going to reboot now, I'm going to Stranger Things the fuck out of this franchise. (laughs) And I'm going to set it in the year that the first movie came out, and I'm going to use all of my modern technology to take advantage of all of the nuance and atmosphere that the original created while adding little touches of deeper violence, little touches of better character development, little touches of more appropriate, you know, placement of babysitting, you know, like I'm not saying make the movie woke, but I'm saying it's, I'm basically saying the opposite of that. I'm saying like lean into the origins, lean into the roots and reroot it for the new generation as something that's old so that you can always update it back. Like you can take that real time approach and eventually by movie three or movie six or movie nine or movie 12, whatever kind of trajectory they want to create, you get up into the real like current, current age. They did it with star Wars, um, and but you go back to the roots. Star Wars. So I don't hate it, sir. Cheers. Uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. I think it's great. And my, and Mike, you, you, you brought up when you said stranger things, the shit about it. Think of the two, most successful horror movie, and by the way, there was five horror movies that were at the t- on the top of the box office this year alone each week. But two of those 
were Barbarian and Black Phone. And both of those did exactly what you said. They found a way to go back in time. Like, and they did it in Barbarian when he back, went back to the 80s. It felt viscerally like the 80s, even more so than Stranger Things. And Black, Black mm-hmm. Phone, same thing. That captured... You would have to be alive. Like, I don't know if people who weren't alive then understood how much that felt like those time periods. Like, I, I was like, oh, I remember sitting in a van like that. It was like, oh, I remember wearing... A, I can feel the, the rubber band on the mask. I can, I can see all the dated, dated tech, and it just worked. Mm. I think that's what was kind of missing here. And the other one was X. X was another one. Mari, you said if, they're, if they are going to do some kind of requel of Friday the 13th, it needs to be Ty West because he knows I think Ty West ca- be a good candidate. He needs to capture a time period. So, Mike, what you're saying here, if you go back to late 70s and really live in that universe and just go yes. all in on that universe like a ground level, because let's face it, man, I don't care what anyone says, the 70s were scary as shit. Yeah. Those films, like they just had to exist. Like, all you just needed was, like, a, a, a funny-looking haircut and a cigarette, and you're already a little nervous. You're already a little on edge. Also, you got to <laughs> consider, like, th- there's a trend now right now to make horror movies happen in the 80s and 70s because there's no Google, there's no cell phones. Yeah. So you're back in the 70s where it's, like, just, I mean, like I, I've said this a hundred times before. You walk out of the house and you forget your phone, that's a horror movie already. <laughs> now, if you're getting <laughs> murdered... And you don't have your phone. You can't map anything. You can't Google anything. You can't call anybody. No one can trace you. Yeah. yeah. The idea of that doesn't even exist. And you, you make that, but you make that movie now and it feels more like that era than the movie that was made in that era. Yeah. Because the technology that they had at the time couldn't capture in enough detail to communicate across generations what that experience was like. So you do that now, you're going to translate a generational experience and like, People will recontextualize this franchise the way that people originally experienced it. Give me some. Give me a group full of teenagers going to Halloween that is set the same year that Halloween came out, walking away with the fear of what it would be like if there were no alarm systems and no cameras and no cell phones and none of this shit and just a shape that was there. And it was relentless. And the moment that you could make it out and see it as anything beyond a shape, you're already fucking dead. Yeah. Uh, and then so, the and it's William what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I know. That's the other version of this story. <laughs> Just actually hire William Shatner. <laughs> to he pulls like a mask off. He's like, it was all William no Shatner the whole no time. Mask. I knew it. <laughs> it was me the whole time. <laughs> you kids are horrible actors and directors. The Halloween franchise. I want my millions. <laughs>